this morning, I want to, uh, I want to encourage you. It's, my, it's on my heart um, to encourage you this morning, uh, that we would be encouraged, that we would leave here this morning uh, with a fresh understanding of, of how powerful God's Word is uh, in our lives and uh, how He can move in our lives. I just pray, it's, it's just on my heart this morning, to be encouraged uh, this morning. So that's my goal. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to read a scripture out of Romans chapter 12 in just a moment. Man, wasn't the worship good this morning? Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's, it's such a blessing. You know, everyone that is streaming online, we, we're so uh, grateful that you're streaming. But I do want to encourage you, if it's in your capacity and you're able to, to physically make it here to the house of God, uh, come on out. You know, come on out. God moves there in your home and where you're at, and uh, there's a place for, for streaming, praise God. But I want to encourage you, you know, come into the house of God physically. Uh, God does something amazing. So, um, you know, we were just getting lost in God's presence. And I really believe that, that chains were being broken. Uh, that there was revelation, that there was confirmation. I believe that there was deliverance taking place even this morning in the worship. And God's going to continue to do that this morning. Praise God. You know, this world that we're in, it's an interesting time, isn't it? The world we live in, my goodness, is, is, is so different than, than a few years ago. And the reality is that we're facing that we're experiencing are, are, are so crazy and wild, something that, that I think our, our minds couldn't fathom or imagine, but here we are, here we are, you know, living in this world, and God has a purpose for our lives still, and God's still moving, and I was, uh, I read a, a portion of an article out of the America Psychiatric Association, sound, found on psychiatry.org, and it said this, there's some statistics uh, for us, it says more than four in ten, that's 43 percent, report that the pandemic has had serious impact on their mental health, up from 37% in 2020. And this, this article is written in May of 2021, so a few months ago. 59% of younger adults are more likely to report a serious impact on their mental health due to the pandemic. More than half, 54% of 30 to 44-year-olds, also report a serious mental health impact. Fewer older adults, 24%, report serious mental health impacts. Now, it's no surprise, it's, it's, not, it's no surprise to us that, that tribulation, that anxiety, that worry has a grip on this world. These things are, are, are gripping the world that we see around us. And, and I believe many times that this anxiety, that, that the church of God, the people of God are not exempt I believe that our brothers and sisters are going through some of the same things, and we have our faith in God. We trust in God. We know how powerful God is, but I believe, I believe that there are still those in this place that may be battling with this, with this worry, this anxiety, this fear, this doubt. I believe that it's tied to the battlefield of our minds. I believe it's tied to, to our thinking. I believe that it's tied to the way we think, and the things that we let in, the things that we take into our minds. You know, where you're fed with so many different messages in media, whether social media, whether on your phone, or whether the news, we're, we're fed by so much. 
And so much of what we watch and what we hear, we, we begin to believe and we take it in and we internalize it and we begin to believe these things that we're being told. The condition of the world, the direction of the world, we begin to believe these things. And I'm not a, up here oblivious to the realities of what we're facing. There are real things taking place, but I believe if we're not careful, even as the people of God, that we could begin to buy in to, to some of the dire um, things that we're hearing, that there's no light at the end of the tunnel, that there's no hope, that we're all doomed. I believe if we're not careful that we get, can begin to, to buy into that. In church, people of God, unless we seek God and allow him to transform us through the power of his word, to transform us through the renewing of our mind, I believe we're going to be impacted by the, the, the dire attitude and outlook and negativity that has gripped the world. And again, I'm not standing up here uh, oblivious. We know there, there are real things taking place, but, but we have a God that is powerful. Can you say Amen. We have a God that is able to change things, able to change the course and direction of our lives, able to, able to heal people, able to, to encourage you, to allow you to get up tomorrow morning, to go to your job with, with a new attitude, with a new hope that you could share with those around you. That perhaps when you get news that is not so favorable, you get news that may be bad news, that it's not going to destroy your life. It's not going to take you out. Why? Because you and I are standing on the word of God. Amen. So we need to seek God in his word to transform our lives. Each and every one of us. Don't think that you've arrived. I haven't arrived. None of us have arrived. We can all change more and more. Can you say amen? Man, we have, we have ways of thinking that we need God to help change in our lives. And we seek that change. We seek that breakthrough. And I believe it's tied into the renewing of our minds. Why is this topic important today? Because the world's thinking and customs, things we hear out there in the world, things you hear in TV or over the radio or on social media, these customs and these, these ways of thinking, the, these behaviors lead to despair. They lead to death. They lead to, to trusting in things that are temporary and condition-based. And it's, it's so important that we deal with this this morning because thoughts lead to actions. As we think, that's the direction we're going to go. I said the battlefield of our mind, there's so much mentally that we, that we go through, so much that, that we think about, and it, it affects the, the, the course and direction of our lives. If you and I don't allow God's word to renew our minds daily, daily, we'll be stuck where we are. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be stuck where I am. Tomorrow, next month, I don't want to be the same person that I am. I want God to continually change my life. I want to improve in my thinking. I want to have a better outlook. I want, to, I want to see God and have more of a positive outlook on the experiences that I go through, that the things that I face, I want that in my life. And how is it going to come? It's not through my strength because I'm weak. I can fail. I'm susceptible to all the things that you, that, that you, you and I deal with. But through God's power and his word, we can change. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says this. 
It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. There it is. But let God transform you into a new person. How? How? By changing the way you think. I'll read that one more time. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. Pray with me this morning. If you could bow your head, let's pray. Father, we're so grateful, God, for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling with us this morning. Thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us, God. Where your presence is, Lord, there is liberty. And we thank you for the freedom that we have in you, O oh Lord. I pray that you would help us this morning. Give us understanding, O oh God, in your word. Change our thinking, Father God. Be that transformation that we need, Lord God. Help us to understand the power of your word, Father God. Let us believe your word. Let us accept your word. And let us declare your word over our life and over our situations. Father, and I lift up your, pe your people, Father, this morning. Anyone struggling, anyone that is sick, anyone that is ill, any anyone that is in a dire situation, God, that, Father, through the hope of your word, you would change things. Even right now, my God, we thank you. And we declare this. We ask in Jesus' name. And God's people say... Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the Bible says there in verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. This is God's direction to you and I, church, that we're not to copy the customs and behaviors of this world. The things that have the world tied up and gripped in fear, we don't copy that. In faith, we make a declaration and a decision to stand on his word, to trust in him. To not fear what man can do to me, right? That's a decision and the declaration that we have to make each and every day. God has called us to be above and not beneath. To not be weighed down by worry and fear and doubt. It's not God's will. We're not built for that. God has not designed us for that church. God has not designed you to be defeated. He's not designed you to be destroyed by the news that you get from here and there. That's the way of the world. You get a wind of news here and there, and it's supposed to stop you dead in your tracks. You're not supposed to do anything else. But God's called us, again, not to be oblivious, not to be careless. God's called us to be wise but courageous, not to live in fear, not to live in doubt, not to live in despair, but to be able to enjoy the gift of God that he's given you, the gift of your salvation, the gift of your family, the gift of your ministry, the gift of the relationships he's, he's put around you to enjoy those things. It's God's desire. That's God's will. That's God's design. But the customs and behaviors of today would say, no, it's not. And what are those things? Paranoia, anxiety, worry, Fear awaiting the next disaster, and on and on and on. See, we need these transformations to come from changing the way we think. Now, in our, our passage here in Romans chapter 12, 
Verse 2, let God transform you into a new person. Transform, the Greek word for that is metamorphao, and we, we know what that makes us think, right? It makes us think of that word metamorphosis. It's tied into that. That means to change into another form, to transfigure. It's God's desire that we would move from glory to glory, that we would continue to grow in him, that tomorrow's faith would be even more stronger than today's faith, that your way of thinking tomorrow would be better than it is today. That the amount of negativity that you may allow in your life, that that would diminish tomorrow more than it is today. That you would think, you and I would think according to his word. That we would look at these situations that we're facing and line it up with God's word. I believe many have been praying for breakthrough, for transformation. And I'll tell you where it's tied. It's tied into changing the way we think through God's word. You're praying for breakthrough. You're praying for for newness in your life. You're praying for things to change, for your relationships to change for the better, for your marriage to change for the better. I believe it's tied in to changing the way we think. So this year, let one of our prayers be, our goals, for God to transform my thinking. And God, transform my thinking so much that it makes me a better father, that it makes me a better husband, that it makes me a better friend, that it makes me a better leader, that it makes me a better pastor, that it makes me a better employee, a better Christian, all in all. That God, that you would begin to change my thinking and it would transform my life to be better so that I can glorify you, so that we would no longer be held down by the things that held us down last year. Can you say amen? The things that that may have tripped us up last year, the things that may have held us back last year, let those things not do that to us this year. Let us go forward and trust in God for a new day that things would become better. It's in the power of God's word. So we look at the power of God's word as a lens, the lens of God's word. A lens that would affect the way we see things in our life. Every area of our life. The tribulations and the trials. That we would look at those things through the lens of God's word. Our marriages, our, our, our relationships, our jobs. That we would look at those things through the lens of God's word. It's powerful. When we line up what we're going through to God's word. When situations in our life, they look insurmountable, they look so large that they're, they're not able to be conquered, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you out, that it's going to destroy you. But when you hold up any situation in comparison with what the Word of God says to you and I, I'll tell you this morning that it is dwarfed, that it, that it becomes uh, not such a big problem because you believe in the promises of God for your life. You take God's Word and you believe it for your life, that, that you understand that that what God says about you is greater than anything anyone else can say. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have to look at the world through the lens of God's word. So how do we do this? Well, first of all, you have to know the word of God. It's so important, first of all, that, that, that we seek God, that we come, we come to church, that we tune in. See, when you and I are hearing the word of God, we're, we're growing. It's increasing our faith. We're learning We're not taking in God's word. We're just open to the voices and our own thoughts. And you're not going to teach yourself anything new. You need to to seek God's word. You need to allow, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. 
Know the word of God. It makes all the difference. Make a decision this year to read God's word more. It'll make all the difference. It'll change the things that you're going through. It'll change the way that you look at things. The power of God's word. See, what we take in, we get out. What are you filling yourself up with? Think about it. Think about the things that worry you, that cause you fear. What's it tied into? I believe many times it's tied into to just letting our minds run, right? The devil, he, he, he's so sly, and, and sometimes, sometimes... All he has to do is just plant a little, a little doubt, a little seed in your mind. And what do we do if we're honest? We take it from there, right? He just plants a seed and he goes up about his business and he, and he, he knows our hang-ups, he knows our weaknesses, and he, he may know enough to say, I'm just going to plant a seed and they'll take it from there. Believer, if we're in the Word of God, if we're taking in the Word of God, if we're declaring the Word of God over our life, that strategy of the enemy is not going to work. But if we depart from the word of God, if, if, we, if we stay away from hearing God's word, from hearing pure and holy things, then our minds will just begin to run and run. And then before we know it, we're paralyzed with fear, with anxiety. We're doubting all the promises that, God, that, that, that we've believed God for for so many years. We begin to question those things. Why? because we're just letting our minds run. See, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak over our lives, the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. You know, the Word of God is so powerful. You know, the disciples in the New Testament, they asked Jesus, how should we pray? They asked him that. How do we pray? What do you say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now in heaven, God's will is done 100%. There's no sin, there's no darkness, there's no work of evil there. And in heaven, in the kingdom of God, the will of God is done 100%. Everything God desires to do is done 100%. But here you and I are in this world. And I believe as we take on God's word, as we begin to live according to God's word, then we're seeing the, the, the will of God to be able to be done in our life here on earth as it is in heaven. See, it's God's desire in heaven that you would be whole, that you would be healthy, that you would be blessed, that you would be encouraged, that you would enjoy the gift that he's given you. That's God's will. But see, there's a battle going on. The enemy is at work. The prince of power of darkness, right? The, 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 the spirit that works in, in this, the air of this world that we live in. He's always trying to defeat you. He's always trying to convince you that the word of God is not real. But church, this year, as we make a decision to live according to God's word, it's going to change things. It's our constitution of heaven. Where the world may tell you that you're a failure and that this situation that you've been facing each and every day or for years perhaps, that there's no hope inside, that there is no change but the Bible tells me that I could be changed, how? By being transformed by the renewing of, of my mind, that I could be victorious, that I can walk in victory, that I don't have to deal with that vice or that hang-up or whatever you may want to call it, that sin. No longer. Why? Because it's the Word of God. 
It was pretty cool. Uh, recently, just a few weeks ago on Christmas Day, actually, there was a, a telescope that was launched out into outer space. It's called the James Webb Telescope. And we may have heard of the Hubble Space Telescope from, from years back, but this is a new telescope, the James Webb Telescope. And it was launched into space on Christmas Day, and it said that this telescope will surpass the Hubble Space Telescope's technology. And, and what is one of the characteristics of this telescope, as I was reading about it, it's a, it has an 18-foot mirror, a gold-plated mirror. And what this mirror does is, is it intercepts light from the furthest parts of the galaxy so that the scientists here on Earth can see what's going on even way beyond and why. Because of this mirror. And how many know there's a scripture in James 1.23 and the Bible says that, that the word of God is a mirror. We have to look into God's word to show us who we are. To declare over our lives. And how many know there, there's two things in this world that don't lie, lie. One, it's the word of God. And two, it's the mirror that you looked at yourself in this morning. It doesn't lie. Now, if that mirror lied to you, it's not doing you any favors. Why? Because you see, you get to see what you're working with, right? You get to see how much work you got to do, how much time, I mean, how such little time you have to make things look right before you come to church. The Word of God is a mirror. It shows us who we are. And I don't know about you. I've been through, I've listened to enough negativity in my life. I've been so hard on myself and, and not that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being real and I'm not boasting and we're not in a place to boast but I want to look at what God's word says about me not what Matt says about himself or no not what this spirit or that spirit says I want to know what God's word says about me see it's a mirror the word of God tells me that I'm a conqueror the word of God tells me that I'm the apple of his eye the word of God tells me that I'm above and not beneath that I'm the head and not the tail we have to start believing what the Word of God tells us, church. Cut everything else off. Let it go. Turn the TV off. Turn off social media for a little bit. Believe what the Word of God tells you. Listen to the Word of God. The lens of God's Word will make all the difference. We have to let the Word of God filter everything that comes into our life, into our home, into our minds. Use the Word of God as a filter. For example, perhaps you... you you get a report from the doctor that it's not news that you wanted to hear. And that can do one of two things. One, that could crush you. That could cause you to live with fear and despair and just, and in a way, write your own death certificate that there's no hope for you. That's one way to handle things. That's one way to handle bad news. But secondly, and the way that I pray that we would address these situations, that we would filter that news through the Word of God. That yes, Dr. So-and-so may have said this, but God, I'm trusting in you, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the wisdom that they've given, and I'm going to try to make things better through your power and through your might. And, and our God is a healer. Can you say amen? Our God is a provider. Perhaps your bank statement is saying one thing, but God wants to, to change us, to transform us, so that we would behave like Christians, that we would be wise managers and stewards with what he's given us, so that we could be financially free. See, it's according to God's word. Our impulses, impulses can get us into so much trouble, can't they? Right? Some, I believe, are, are, are drowning in, in credit card debt. Why? Because of impulses. What the Bible tells us, is, again, we look in the filter of God's word. Gives us self-control, right? He tells us that the borrower is slave to the lender. He tells us these things that will help 
Help us live in freedom. It's God's desire that we live in freedom. I could take this bad news that I may have heard and I line it up with God's word in Romans 8.28 that all things work out for the good. To those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's going to work out for the good, brother, sister. You may be dealing with some bad news right, right now. You may be in a tough situation. But as you seek God and his word, as you trust in him, you could declare Romans 8.28 over your life. And there are millions others. There's a man of God in the Bible, uh, and he wrote in Psalm 73. And that whole chapter, when you get a chance, you could read it. For the sake of time, we're not going to read it, but there's a man named Asaph, and he was a leader in David's choir, and he, he wrote this in Psalm 73, verse 1 through 28. The first portion of this passage, verses 1 through 17, when you get a chance, read it. He was basically being down on himself. He was looking at the world around him through negativity. He was saying things. He was talking about the wicked and he was saying, uh, these fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil in their pride. They seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. So the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. And he was, he was on a downer. He was defeated, and he was looking at things through the, through the lens of negativity. But he came to himself. And then we jump to verse 18. Truly, he's... He's declaring, you put them on a slippery path, talking about the wicked, and sent them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrorists. So here was this man, Asaph, and he was defeated. He was looking at the wicked. He was saying, why are they prospering so much? And it was ruining his day. It was ruining his life. And then look, verse, look at verse 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. Does that sound like some of us this morning? Some, maybe we're dealing with bitterness or we're dealing with bad news and we're letting it fester in our hearts. He says in verse 22, I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, he's telling God. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. Here we go. He's changing his mind. He's, he's beginning to believe the word of God and God's promises for his life. Verse 24, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire more than anything on earth. My health may fall, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. So here was a man, Asaph, and we, we have to look at ourselves in this. Right? We've done it before. We get bad news, and we just we take it in, man. We internalize it. We believe the negativity, and then it's, it's affecting everything we look at. It's affecting our marriage, our relationships, our jobs. It's affecting our ministry. But as Asaph did, he came to a real moment, and he said, I'm just, being, I'm just bitter. See, when we look at the world through a lens of bitterness, there's no joy, no enjoyment. Look at it through God's word and believe the truth. Do you, we remember the story of Elisha and his servant in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 6. Elisha was there. They were in Dotham and they, they were being surrounded by the king of Aram's army. And Elisha's servant was freaking out. He was all worried. He woke up and he saw the enemy all around him. But what did the man of God do? The man of God didn't freak out. He wasn't worried. 
This is an encouragement for you and I, believer, that while the world is, is trembling in fear, while the world is worried, they're looking at you and I for hope. And see, what if, what if the servant got up and he told Elisha this, and Elisha started to, to, to worry, and he started to fear and fret, and he started to freak out? What would have happened? He would have been defeated. But Elisha knew in his heart of hearts what was really going on in the spiritual. And what did he tell his servant in 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17? Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. You may be looking at things in your life, and, and there may have been negativity that you've been dealing with, but look in the spiritual you may have some, some physical needs, some material needs that you're believing God for. Look in the spiritual. Understand that God says that, that God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that he will meet your need, that he will provide for you. We no longer have to believe the negative voices. Believe God's word. So look at the world through the lens of God's word. Secondly, we have to live by faith. Live by the spirit. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, we understand the promise that God bestowed to the entire Jewish nation through Abraham. Abraham lived, lived by faith. And I wonder, I wonder, had he not had the faith to step out, what would have happened? I believe that promise wouldn't have been fulfilled. But it was because he stepped out that that promise was fulfilled in his life. In Genesis 12, 1, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country your relatives, your father's family, and go into the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. See, God's desire to bless your life, to bless my life, is not for the sole fact of just making us famous and just to bless us. This is just a little side note. Look in, in verse 2 there, but that you would be a blessing to others. It's God's desire. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. He wants to provide for you. Why? So that he could be glorified, so that you and I can also be a blessing to others. And then we jump to verse 4. So what happened? So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. We're not privy to perhaps the mental questions and the, and, and the turmoil he may have been facing. Right, when God challenges us and speaks to us, there may be some inner turmoil. There may be some questions. There may, doubt may try to grip your heart. But don't let it affect the outcome and the decision that you make. See, Abraham here, he made a decision. He might have felt a little fear or worry about what God had told him, but he didn't let it hold him back. And what is that, church? That's courage. Courage is what? Doing right in the presence of fear or worry. That's what courage is. And Abraham, the, this entire promise, I believe, was, was, en was enacted. It was engaged through the simple, simple truth that we find there in verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. He didn't see the end result of where he was going. He just knew that God gave him a promise. So in obedience, he took that step. 
And then he took that next step in obedience. See, I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation to our lives this morning. Perhaps he's, he's telling you to forgive. You may not feel like forgiving. You may feel like you weren't in the wrong. You may feel like you were 100% right in this situation. But nevertheless, God is telling you, forgive and make it right. And if you wait to feel like you're ready to do this thing, that day may never come. But that's where faith comes in, church. Abraham, he departed. He stepped out in faith. Take that, that first step of forgiveness, perhaps. Take that first step. Maybe God is challenging you with new levels and areas of ministry. Take that first step. You may not... Think that you have the know-how or you have the, the understanding, but take that step. If God has told you to do it, take that step, and God will meet every need. He will make a way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Faith will cause you to walk forward in obedience to God, even when you may be battling with fear. The Holy Spirit is at work in your heart, so we have to trust that work. In Ephesians 4, 23, it says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Holy Spirit speak into your life. The Word of God speak into your life. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Not the news, not social media, not negativity. Listen to the Holy Spirit over your life. Stop the negative narrative in your mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, this entire passage is powerful. Again, I talked about the enemy just planting the seed, and sometimes we take it from there. We start to worry, right? We go on WebMD and see what, what that says about my symptoms. Oh, man, I, I must be this. I must be on the verge of death, right? We could call this person or call that person, but the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 6, it says in verse, well, actually in verse 8, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's what we should think about. Not the negativity, not the negative voices, not that, that negative narrative that we just want to let run in our minds. Think of pure and holy things, and it'll make all the difference. Third, we have to put on the armor of God. Amen. Having the armor of God, church, taking on God's armor has never been so important as it is today. It's so vital, church, that we take on God's armor. In Ephesians 6, the entire passage is verse 10 through 18, but I want to look at verse 17. It says, put on, the, on salvation as your helmet that will guard your minds. The Bible says that the enemy, he throws fiery darts, and he's always throwing these darts at our lives. He's, he's throwing the dart of failure, of fear, of worry, of anxiety, of doubt, of depression. He's throwing these things so that he's finding a place that hopefully they could, they could take root. But if you and I, church, have the helmet of the hope of salvation, it'll keep things in perspective. It'll protect us. It'll protect us. What does this mean? It means that we have confidence in our salvation, that we don't lose sight of the eternal. See, when we don't have this hope of salvation, we start to look at the world around us and think that this is it. This is all we have to look forward to. This is all that I have to deal with. 
But no, the hope of salvation tells you that there's a better day coming, that there is eternity waiting for you and I, that there are, are, are great riches waiting, waiting for you in the kingdom of God, that you have this hope, so it puts in perspective everything that you and I are going through. It encourages me because I know that this is, this is not the end-all, be-all, that I thank God for what he's doing in my life here and now, but I know that this is not the end. There's something greater, and this will guard our mind. See, the enemy has convinced the world that the way things are now is the way that they will always be. And then we see the result of anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and despair. But church, let it not be named among us. We have the hope of salvation, of redemption. That forever, however many years God wants me to dwell on this earth, I'm going to thank God for him. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. But when the day comes for me to go, praise God, I'm headed into glory. Can you say amen? I'm ready to receive my inheritance, the promises that he's given me. See, it'll make all the difference, church. Serve our worship team make their way up. See, church, we have to look at our situations through the lens of God's word. We have to live by faith and by the spirit. And we have to put on the full armor of God. Believe his word for your situation. Believe his word. That's what makes all the difference. You know, just recently we um, had a day off and we took a drive up to the local mountains here and we went to see the snow. And we were driving and driving. And how many know driving up the mountain? Uh, it was my wife and I and our kids. And you're driving and there's some steep cliffs down there, right? So, so one of my kids, as we were getting higher and higher, uh, she, was, she was starting to worry. She was worrying about going over the edge. And I'll tell you, now, I wasn't driving crazy as I usually do. I was driving really slow. I was, I was taking my time. I was enjoying the scenery. But when you think about it, there's, there are cliffs, right? But it's not probable that, I, that we're going to go over the side. They have these guardrails, and you have embankments. You have all these things that, that are going to protect you that, that engineers have thought of and all these things, right? So as, as I was driving, as we were driving, we were enjoying the scenery. It was beautiful. And the higher you get, the better you see. You're enjoying God's country and the landscapes, and you're enjoying everything that God created. But, but what happened? My poor daughter, she was, she was, she was just worried. Like, Dad, don't go over the edge. And for, for a moment there, she was, just, she was just kind of like closing her eyes and just waiting for the ride to be over. And I think, I think sometimes that's the way that we can be. We could just... Go into survival mode and, and, and close our eyes and, God, I'm just going to wait for this to be over. And what's happening? We're not seeing the beauty that is around us. We're not seeing the beautiful things that God has created, created the beautiful ways that he's providing. Why? Because we're gripped with fear and it's causing us to close our eyes and shut everything else out and just, God, I'm just going to wait for this thing to pass. But open your eyes. Have faith. Trust in what his word says about you so that you can enjoy. He's taking you places that you've never been. Enjoy the ride. Understand that he's doing the work. 
He's doing the work. And if he started the work, what does the Bible say? He will finish the work. Trust in him. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy your job. Enjoy school. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy the relationships. I know they're a work in progress, and you may not be where you want to be ultimately, but enjoy the ride because God's moving and working. Why? Because you're standing on the Word of God. You've decided and declared to look at the world through the lens of God's Word. See, we have to live by faith because it's His faith that will get us through. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning,